Hey, so remember how last week we were talking on the show about how we finally felt slivers of hope? Mm -hmm. What we're bringing you today is another conversation and a way of thinking that gives me hope. Yay, the happiness side of things. So in particular, for anybody who knows children, knows parents, might eventually know folks who want to stop reading the outdated encyclopedia that we call what to expect when you're expecting and flip over to a more contemporary, inclusive, humane book to learn about parenting. Amazing. And I got the opportunity to speak with Jelani Memory recently on a Kids Co's new Better Grown Ups podcast. And so I'm super thrilled to be able to bring him back here today to discuss their company's newest venture, 100 Diverse Voices on Parenthood. Because Sarah, as you were talking about, it's the book I wish I had when I was pregnant with my boys and one that I hope all of you give to your thoughtful friends of all backgrounds. Welcome to the Dear White Women podcast, the show that helps white women use their privilege to uproot systemic racism without centering themselves in the process. We are your biracial Japanese and white hosts, Sarah and Misasha. All right, Jelani, will you please introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. My name is Jelani Memory. I'm the founder and CEO of Kids Co. All right. So sometimes we have guests on this podcast where it's less of an interview and more of a really interesting conversation that we keep thinking about and talking about afterwards. And Jelani, I would definitely put you in that latter category. Right. I mean, I still remember how we pivoted into a deep conversation around parenting the last time we had you on this show. And I'm still thinking about parts of our conversation that we had on your podcast. And that was weeks ago. Also, I'm so excited that you're here today to talk about your new book, because I think that this is a book that is so, so needed, but it's also different from your Kids Co. books in so many ways. So tell us everything. How did this book come about? Well, look, 99% of the books that we've made have been for kids, and I'm really passionate about empowering the next generation, about making really diverse content for kids. And I think kids are remarkable and special. And if we're going to build a better future, they're going to be the ones that really, truly build it and inherit it. But you know, there's like an age of a kid that you can't really talk to the kid. You got to just talk to the parent. And that age is like when, you know, a couple is pregnant or when the baby is a baby, right? So zero to one. And I started to go back through my own experience. You know, I've got six kids, blended family, two biological kids, about thinking of when they were in their earliest ages and what resources I had access to. And I just thought, you know, I don't remember any of those books. I don't remember any of that content reflecting me and my own experience. And I don't think I was alone there. I think that a lot of parents find that one, entering parenthood is really hard. There's lots of things you need to learn and know. And also it's really scary because you don't want to get it wrong. And this sort of monopoly on resources tends to not come from a diverse group of folks. So we sort of asked ourselves, can we take our publishing apparatus that's used for kids' books to empower the next generation with diverse storytelling, and can we point it at parenthood and for new parents? And could we maybe, just maybe the most diverse parenting book ever made? And so that was the conceit. That was the idea. And, you know, in some ways I'm like a hammer and everything's a nail. Uh, And so I only know like one way to do this, which is to invite friends and colleagues and acquaintances and folks that I think highly of and ask a huge favor of them, which is, hey, can you come lend your voice and can you come lend your story? 
And so we assembled for this book, a hundred diverse voices to help parents enter this very difficult, challenging, scary, exciting, huge moment, which is becoming a parent. And then in my fashion of naming things exactly what they are, so you can judge the books by their cover, we titled the book, A Hundred Diverse Voices on Parenthood, as if we couldn't be any more on the nose. And, and I'm extremely proud of this book. It offers everything new parents need to know from the most diverse array of parents when it comes to entering parenthood. How, you you know, you just mentioned the hundred participants that you assembled. How did the topics unfold? Or did you have topics first and you selected the hundred participants? Because I feel like so many books, I mean, granted, my kids are now middle school. So when they were that little, it certainly felt like a lot of the books were very fear-based. Don't do this or else your kids are going to whatever, right? But the nuances of the topics that you include in your book are more similar, but not the same as the other topics of books directed at, at sort of parents of young children. So how did that part come about? Yeah, well, the first activity was we collectively sat down as a team and said, what will be important to address when someone's entering the first year, two years, three years of parenthood for the first time? What do they need to know? And then secondarily, who do they need to know it from? What voices could we bring in? And so we made a list. That list was 200, 300-ish topics. You know, We weren't going to cover them all, but we just were like, let's just pull our heads together. And then we started to go assemble those voices who could speak on those things. And something really incredible happened as they said, you know, this menu is really cool, but you know, you guys are missing this. Can I write about this? And they would bring a new topic to the table and almost through a process of elimination and sort of vibing off of the folks that we brought in to come help tell stories with us, we landed on these incredible hundred topics. And then of course, once we landed on that, we did an inventory. Okay, where is this overweighted? Where is this overfocused? Do we need to pivot or reposition some of these topics to address it in a different way? We also went through demographically and said, do we have all the representation that we really want to see inside this book? Are we overrepresented in a certain area? Are we underrepresented in another area? And are there some voices that were just plain old missing from this book? And, you know, for us, there was things that we just knew we had to touch on things like, you know, a hospital birth, home birth. What do you need to know in the first few weeks of bringing your baby home? A car seats, right? Bottle feeding, breastfeeding, postpartum depression, single parenthood, you know, being a couple, in-laws, right? Boundaries, parenting plan, like all those sorts of things. And what we wanted to do was make sure we covered those bases. And we thought, what should be in these books that often isn't? And so things like anti-racism, multiculturalism, boundaries with people in your family who you feel like are unsafe, who you just go, I don't actually want them around my kid. And then what voices typically get to own certain topics that we can flip on their head and we can bring in a new voice to represent. So Wynne Rankin did a really wonderful piece. He's a gay father, married, and he did uh, the piece on being a stay-at-home parent. And I love that he brings that approach from his own experience. And look, there's a lot that we all can learn from that, but he gets to be an underrepresented voice specifically as it relates to that topic. I love the intentionality, as usual, with which you craft another project coming out of your platform. But it sounds like a bigger undertaking. Because I remember previously you talked about like the Kids Code book would come together in like a week, done. 
It sounds like this was a much different and longer undertaking. How long did it take to put this together? It took a while. It took over a year to put together. And that was for a few reasons that in some ways had nothing to do with the book necessarily in terms of the making of it. Well, let me just walk you through the process. So the first thing we did was really just go, what do we want to talk about? And then we thought about who do we want to involve in this book? So those are actually pretty straightforward, pretty simple. And we got through those really in like the first month or two, like really fast. And, you know, as I've getting, gotten asked, well, how did you get folks to contribute? I just, I just asked. I mean, it's like this wonderful opportunity to go, come make the most diverse parenting book ever made with us. People are like, yeah, like, where do I sign up for this thing? And, you know, I haven't told this story to anyone else, but I'll tell it to y'all and your, your listeners. We initially had a marketing partner involved early on with the book who was going to help promote it and share it. And their brand was going to be on the book. And as we started to create the book, we, you know, we got pretty close to a final version within three months, believe it or not. Okay. So this is 2021. And I remember showing them the book and they were not super plussed with it because we addressed all the things that we care about as a company in the most not aggressive in the most forward way possible. Because if you're a new parent, you know, being honest and open and clear is really important. And they were like, ah, we don't really want that stuff in the book. And we were like, what do you mean? Like, but we we just can't, we can't do those things as a brand. And I just thought, again, I don't know what you mean, but we can do those things as a brand. And if you don't want these ideas or these words or these voices to appear in the book, sorry, we got to part ways. And since we were the catalyst around making the book, we had created the book entirely by ourselves. It was very easy to part ways. Now we took a time period to sort of let the book sit on a shelf to recalibrate what that meant from a go-to-market. And then, you know, also to figure out sort of, you know, did we want to pursue forward with a new partner? Do we want to go with no partner? Do we want to do it on our own? Ultimately, we came back to the idea that doing it on our own was going to be the best way, that the book was going to be able to remain, have the most integrity, I suppose, um, from a content perspective, and we were going to be able to honor the authors and their voices the most. And so we pushed to this year, not so much because it took that long to make the book, but because we thought from a timing perspective and a go-to-market perspective, we could align the stars in the right way. In some ways, made the book really fast, but uh, took our time when it came to the go-to-market. So we made sure we got it really right. I love that story because I think it speaks to so much about this book as a whole and and the intentionality behind the book. And I have to say, I've never opened a parenting book that wasn't specifically about anti-racism and see the first topic be anti-racism. And I thought this is amazing, you know, and the intentionality behind listing all the types of diversity, you know, at the start. I just felt like this was the parenting book that I wish that I had when my kids were tiny and and so straightforward, right? And sort of these very bite-sized pieces, right? Where you read this and you hear these stories and you see yourself in the stories at times or you learn something really really big in a very small space, right? Which is also, I think, perfect, the roughly, you know, tiny attention span of new parents, because you've, you know, you've got a kid who's you're just trying to keep alive at this point. So I loved everything about that. And, you know, I'm curious, because this process sounded partially like what you thought it might be, and partially something totally different. So what was the most surprising thing to you about making this book? And also, I'm curious if there was one or two you know, topics or participants or their stories that really, really stood out to you in all of this? 
Yeah. I mean, the thing that surprised me the most was because this wasn't a given that the thing we tried to do, we actually accomplished. It wasn't really till I remember one afternoon I sat down because I'd gotten sort of finally like a reader version of the book and it's sort of final form. And I got to like, finally like sit down and try and read it and go like, what is the thing that we've made? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, we kind of like did this. Like I had enough distance from the project to be able to receive it almost like a new parent. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's like snackable and it's like not too long. There's great pull quotes and you get these like you get everybody's like pronouns and how they identify and what their marital status is. And then you get these cool bios and you can jump around and read the TLDRs. You know, I shouldn't be surprised by that, but we had never made a 312 page parenting book with a hundred separate contributors for editors, you know, like that's massive undertaking and one surprise, but a sense of relief to go, I think this book's going to be really important. And I'm so glad that what we set out to do, we actually achieved. Some of my favorite parts of the book are actually not specific chapters. Are It's really about the voices that we brought in to represent. And you know, for folks who don't know our company, I'm just as proud that we did a book with Time's Kid of the Year as I am that we did with the sixth grade ESL teacher, right? Or with LeVar Burton, as I am with an old, you know, high school buddy who I used to play basketball with. Like there's something about that mix of voices and sort of notoriety and input and personal story that I think is when we talk about diversity, sometimes that's missing that real mix of sort of station in life, I suppose, or what these people's experiences is, or even just access to get to publish a thing, right? Oftentimes my conversations with people when we want to publish with them is, hey, I want to make a book with you. With me? Yes, with you. Really? <laughs> because they've never thought about themselves being included in that space. And so, you know, some of my favorite pieces of the book are the voices that we got to include and for them to get to represent those topics from their own personal background and from their own stories and get to be an authority. Because I truly believe that these individuals are authorities on their own experience. They're authorities as parents and having gone through it, and they get to offer that up. But they get to do it as an Arab American. They get to do it as, you know, an African American. They get to do it as a grandparent who's now raising, you know, their grandchildren. Like, I think that I'm the most proud of when it comes to the book. Introducing Better Grownups, a parenting podcast all about how to be, well, a better grownup. It is okay to not know everything and not know how to do it right. They shouldn't have to put effort into getting to know me. That's my job. Hopefully there'll be people that I'm proud of and people that I'm proud to know when they're adults. I'm Jelani Memory, a black father of six. And back in 2018, I wrote a book titled A Kid Spoke About Racism. Yes, it's actually for kids. Growing up as a black kid in the whitest city in America, my hometown, Portland, Oregon, it felt important that my kids not only know what racism is, but how to talk about it openly. Now my kids frequently feel comfortable asking, Dad, is this racist? Which I just love. I believe that kids are ready for big conversations, whether it's racism, belonging, identity, or even love. But I also think that sometimes it's us, the grownups who aren't quite ready. And so this podcast is just for you grownups. Better Grownups is all about getting into the nitty gritty of parenting, identity, gender, race, class, mental health, you name it. 
I talk with a new guest each week about how parenting is a reflection of our identity, how we were raised and who we are, about how sometimes we're still trying to grow up even as we raise our kids, about how leaving behind the ways that we were parented isn't so easy, and how the kids in our lives need us to be better grownups. I don't assume that I have the answers. I assume that I have the desire and willingness to ask the question. I think the biggest way to not screw it up is to acknowledge that you don't know everything and that like that is also okay. Kids are resilient. They're watching for you to fail, but they're watching for what you do after you fail. Don't always look for the elder to pour into you. Your child could teach you something. Listen to Better Grownups every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. I love that idea because it's something that echoes what Misasha and I always talk about is when people tell you their stories, believe them because they are the experts in their own lives. And to bring that level of respect to everybody's experience and giving them the platform to share their knowledge and their wisdom, and it's magic. And so already for me, I can see you know where I'm going to use this book because I've got my list of books, like a stack of books that I give as baby gifts when new families, this is one of them that's going to be offered in that stack. But, you know, for white parents who are approaching this book, what do you want them to like think about or how approach it or compare it to the other books that are out there in this space right now? Yeah. Well, three things. One is, is that this book is for you. This isn't for quote unquote diverse parents or, you know, parents of color that this parenting book is for every parent. We think of it as the village, right? So we've all heard the phrase, like it takes a village, right? To raise a kid. And what happens when we assemble that village is everybody has the exact same experience. And so what if that village actually had a diverse array of experiences and could be, you could see yourself inside of, you go, oh, wow, that's just like me. I have that experience, but also to hear from people who don't have exactly your same experience or background or identify in the same way that you, that you can actually learn from them and their experience. I think, you know, the second thing is this isn't meant to be the end all be all. It's meant to be a really useful resource that actually becomes a jumping off point. And so we have so many incredible voices who their job is to make content for parents. Thinking of, you know, Dr. Becky Kennedy, Natalie Wiles, Dr. Mona Amin, like you can read their chapter and then go check out their podcast, go check out the books that they've written, go check out the courses that they've created. So it's a starting place, not an end all be all, which I'll just take a swipe, but like, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, like, it's amazing to me. We're still reading that book. Like it's 25 years old. It's so outdated. Like it's trying to recommend, like, here's how much American cheese, like pregnant women should eat. So like, come on, like really? <laughs> I can't, I can't hold on. Let's just, can we pause and appreciate oh that truth for a moment? So, you know, it's like, I don't know why it was ever considered normal or a good idea to like hand an Encyclopedia Britannica to new parents and go like, this is going to be helpful. It's like, come on. No, no. And so, you know, I, this brings me to my last point, which is it's also something where it's meant to inform you, but it's also meant to challenge you and make you think about things that you weren't thinking about before like anti-racism and parenting. That's not just for a certain subset of parents. It's actually for all parents to really consider and think about. And also to think about parents who are not you and what their experience might be, what their kids' experience might be. And that, that it's important for you to think about as you raise your own children 
and not ignore and just go, I'm just going to think about the stuff that affects me and my kids and that's it. And everybody else is on their own that actually like, if we're going to think about being good human beings, if we're going to think about being good parents, we need to think about folks who are not us because, Hey, we all like live in this world together and we have an impact on each other. So those are the three things that I think are, are important for white parents. It reminds me that the points that you made remind me of an article Misasha and I were passing back and forth. It is showing a trend over time that most Americans are increasingly living in neighborhoods that might have been previously segregated, but due to a whole bunch of things, especially urban and like suburban, kind of leaving rural out of this for a second, are increasingly diverse and especially the younger generation, right, is making it more so after they leave school, where they settle, you know, that migratory pattern is very different than it has been in the past. I think that's what you're referring to, right? Correct. We're in it together and we're living together. We're raising children. We're raising this next generation together. We might as well understand each other's perspectives to help each other out and ourselves. So, yeah. And like, let's just take a look back at the legacy of most like popular parenting books as we had a generation that grew up on Dr. Spock. And then we had a generation that grew up who learned how to become parents from what to expect when you're expecting. And, you know, look, I think that sort of top down medical approach, right? There's some merit to that. But what ends up happening is sort of the locus or the focus comes from a very narrow band and point of view. And we thought, gosh, what if we could widen that aperture? We could widen that perspective and the amount of experiences so that we don't have the same group of people sort of trying to say they're speaking for everybody when really they're actually mostly speaking from their own experience into a very small group of people, but saying it applies to everyone. Because when it comes to parenting resources, it's diversity is the last thing on anybody's mind when it should be the first thing should be the number one first thing, because you know what? One of the most diverse experiences that humans share across the board is parenthood, right? And parenting can look like so many different things for so many different families. And so for us, we thought, let's represent all those individuals, their experiences, their identities within this book and sort of disrupt that trend, right? Because we could have gone out and found a really wonderful, amazing sort of credentialed person to write this book. The problem is it would be too narrow. I don't think it would include enough that would be needed, you know, for those new parents entering parenthood for the first time. So this is a conversation that I definitely am excited we're having today of all days, because it is election day in the United States. And I think that this conversation is applicable on so many levels, right? But these are the themes that I wish we could hear reflected in so many things, right? That we are this village, that we need these voices to understand each other. Silencing these voices means we get a very narrow perspective of people, you know, purporting to speak for a lot of people when they're speaking for a few. So like all of these themes, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm really glad we're having this conversation today. And this is a question that I've been wanting to ask you since we got a copy of the book, because now that you have this book out in the world, along with, you know, your new podcast, Better Grownups, is this a sign that you're building this adult version of a kid's co? Because I mean, we'd be here for all of that. So like, in other words, (laughs) what's next? What are you creating here? Yeah, well, uh, thank you. And look, it's amazing. It took us this long to really start to think about and create content for grownups. Now, to some extent, we've always been making content for grownups. Like in the beginning of all of our kids' books, it says better together, you know, best read, you know, kid and grown up. And we've always imagined a grown up in the room and look, like 
I have grownups coming up to me all the time saying, I know these are kids' books, but I learned a lot from your book on racism or your book on gender or your book on anxiety, because something about the packaging allows them to hear a new idea without feeling overwhelmed or combative or, you know, disrupted, I suppose. That being said, you know, creating content that's exclusively for grownups, I'm really excited about it. And so our podcast, Better Grownups, is the first of what I hope will be many. And this book, 100 Diverse Voices on Parenthood, I hope it's the first of many 100 Diverse Voices books. And you can imagine all the places that we could go from here and creating content for grownups on some of the biggest topics and ideas. Because I also think like, just think of all the big hot button issues and topics in our society today. What if you could hear diverse perspectives and opinions, or maybe not everybody agrees, but you get to understand where folks are coming from. You get to understand what informs them. And I think it could be a new way or at least a new approach to create understanding and empathy, not necessarily agreement, but just a sense of not othering the other person for believing something different or embracing something different and, and create more togetherness, more community, which sounds really sort of like, you know, woo woo, sort of like, let's all make the world a better place. But man, it feels like we all need a little bit of that. And I am reminded on a daily basis because of my in-laws as parents, because of some of my friends, because of the communities that I brush up against, is that we do genuinely have so much in common. And what we need to be doing is try and just listen a little harder and a little more about those things we don't have in common and not try and go, let me tell you why you're wrong, but just to go, I need to understand where this person's coming from and why they might believe this and create more proximity, which I also think creates more empathy, which I think creates more understanding and more, more connection. And so that's what I think we're going to try and do with content for grownups. And look, there's always, for me, there's always kids in the equations because I think every grownup has a kid somewhere in their life that they care about, that they love, that they want to influence and impact. But if we're all screwed up as grownups, then we're going to try and screw up the kids around us. And so maybe one of those steps along empowering the next generation is making more content for grownups to empower them. They can be better at empowering kids. Y'all couldn't hear the head bobs going on, but we were just like swiveling. Yes. <laughs> I knew I was going to love this answer. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like between the Steve Phillips episode from last week, Misasha, this conversation today, I feel like we might be at a turning point where hope is going to be the predominant emotion and, you know, growing together better, stronger. I think it, it may be the thing we're leaning into. So Johnny, what else have we not asked that you think is important to discuss? Mm, well, look, if anybody uh, uses my first name and my last initials, Jelani M, you get 50% off the book. So just like do that. Like I'm not shy about folks using that code to get a, a hyper awesome discount. And there's an ebook available. So if you want to do the ebook, you even get 50% off the ebook, which is super awesome at a kidsco.com. And then, you know, like I still feel like we're scratching the surface when it comes to the things that we're making. And in a very strange way, every time we make something, there's such an obviousness to it where people are like, wow, this doesn't already exist. Like, that's incredible. Like, how are you the first one to make this? And I think for us, it's that clarity of let's talk about the thing that makes everybody so uncomfortable to talk about, but let's package it in a way that makes it accessible, where you can actually enter in and really think about it and talk about it. And, you know, there's so many topics 
that we need to dive into to get at, not just for kids, but also for grownups. And so excited about the next handful of years and our ability to do that and do that across all the different mediums that we work in. You've just listened to the Dear White Women podcast with your hosts, Sarah and Misasha. Yes, we're on social media. And yes, you can hire us to do talks about our book. But the biggest thing, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to receive our free materials. Head over to DearWhiteWomen.com to get on the list.